You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Prescott under center. This time he's going to bring a wide receiver in motion. The ball's out on the snap. And I think the Titans have got this one back. Just a dropped snap. How about that? And at midfield, the Cowboys have turned it back over. It's not fist pump time, but yeah, you know, you can fist pump. It's yeah, fr- they won, man. Friday. One by eight, 14, baby. Eight o'clock. It's Sean and Bobby. Happy New Year to everyone. You want to know why you need to listen to Brian Broadus on the G-Bag Nation and whatever your podcast is called. Love uh, of the Star. Love of the Star. Jerk. He just called me with a three-minute explanation on that center exchange, and it was like it was like poetry. I won't be able to get the butt cheeks of Tyler Biotish out of my mind throughout the entire weekend after Broadus was talking about pulling left and responsibility, and if the ball goes down, whose fault it is. I mean, he just gave me a freaking education in the commercial break, calling on his way to study film on that play. That was my biggest question mark of the entire game uh, because people want to attribute that turnover to Dak. That's not a Dan, Dan. Dak had one turnover last night. I don't even care if the fumble was his fault. In terms of blame, worry, concern, Dak Prescott had one turnover. So for all these shows, and I think uh, one of our Tolos said Ryan Clark is actually trying to add some context to the turnovers. I know David Hellman. We'll do it on FS1 today. All these other uh, all these other minions will just go ahead and say three more turnovers like Al Michaels and Herb Street did last night. I'm like, correct it. Correct it. Say it's really one interception. That's it. But no, it's the sexier storyline to say three. He had one turnover last night, even if the fumble was his fault, but brought us with a tremendous breakdown. Uh, and did you check in with anyone? I have. Let me see something. Let me see if I've I've got it yet. You're trying to get permission to disclose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just I just want to I want to check. Well, we'll circle back. And the reason I keep saying one, even if it was Dak. By the way, as Broadus also pointed out, there's a reason these coaches keep talking about the foreign territory of going under center with all these guys in shotgun because just something like that, the Josh Allen snap at the end of the Vikings game on their own goal line, it's like a lost art. Of going mm-hmm. ahead and taking that snap under center, um, but but brought us brought us was kind of explaining both sides of it. It was just a tremendous technical breakdown. Uh, but I don't even I don't even care. It's fluky. It was absolutely fluky. The Schultz pick was on Dak. The Hendershot play was on him. So there you go. All right, eight seven seven eight eight one one zero five three. I find it interesting that brought us is up driving to study film. And I texted Walchuk at 6 a.m. and I got no response. I wanted to get Zach on to talk about the fireworks in the postgame show, but no response from Willie Bully. He must uh, he must have had a late night, uh, you know, hitting the town. Uh, oh, you think he went out afterwards? Yeah, I think I think he went out. He was uh, you know using that new soda body to, to pick up some <laughs> ladies, probably. Um, and so yeah, no, in he's Arlington a- with bar. Well, no, he would have been here. He's younger, though, so he's going to, he like, I mean, you know, he's going to stay up a little later than Brian would. Brian probably went home, went straight to bed. Who knows? Wolchuk may have, like, you know. But still, when did the postgame end? 
1 a.m. Uh, yeah, 1. 1 a.m. brought us probably six hours sleep, and he's driving to go study film, study tape right now. All right, so we got embarrassed. Uh, NFL Films and Amazon Prime came in to film us earlier in the week to get footage to use in their intro or some of their TV packages. Uh, we were we were left uh, hanging out to dry, except for one audio clip where they didn't even show Bobby Belt's face. Big road game for Dallas. They need to win out if they want a chance to win the division. Big big, big road game for Dallas. Big big road. They showed the Nashville guy. They showed his face, and I was like, here it is. Here comes our moment. But no, it did not happen, and instead, we may have gotten bumped for Deion Sanders as they're unveiling a new Prime program on Amazon. Yeah, the Coach Prime, uh, like, docu-series. But the other thing I didn't understand is when you were texting, because I said, all right, they're not going to, I'm out after 20 minutes, and I went back and, and was chilling with Little Man, put his cartoons on. And then you're texting me saying, what's this Hanson thing? And I was like, they they bumped us for like Hanson, the um, the, the band, the Umbop. Umbop That's Hanson with an O, though. I said Hanson with an E. That's how you should have known that I wasn't talking about Umbop. And instead, Bobby Belt showed me one of the dumbest, and I like this guy, unlike a lot of other people in town, unlike Bobby and Gavin Dawson. Mm-hmm. They aired some profile piece on Dale Hansen for three minutes on Amazon Prime? And it was really weird. It was like this uh, like this playful feature of like, what's Dale been doing since he retired? And it's, you know, oh, Dale's so frustrated about his Cowboys and their bad luck. And not only did it not make sense from like a, 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 a focus standpoint, like the rest of the country, you know, I guess maybe some Ellen viewers know who Dale Hansen is. Dale's been retired now. For what feels like, you know, two years. Definitely over a year. So, like, nobody is going to know. Now, he's a local legend. And I love Dale as a guest. I love BSing with Dale. I would love to sit down uh, and take Mickey's spot at those dinners where the red wine never ends. Never ends. Uh, So, I find Dale tremendously entertaining. I get that he pisses off a lot of people. gets all political, all liberal. Um, But airing a feature on him for the entire country is stupid. That makes no sense. And then the what they did in the piece with this toaster oven and 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 all that stuff was doubly dumb. So screw you, Amazon, <laughs> and screw you, NFL Films, for screwing us. Yeah, it was like this. Uh, it, it was like this magical toaster that he gets up and <laughs> uses every morning, and then oh, the toaster like could change. Like Des caught it, and they spiked the ball with one second left against San Francisco. But oh, then. And it's like this toaster that Dale's carried with him since he was a baby. And they show a picture of, like, (laughs) fake baby Dale holding a toaster. And, like, Dale doesn't even speak in the whole time, the whole thing. Yeah. The narrator does the whole thing. And then whenever he's, whenever Dale is supposed to speak, it's the narrator going, and Dale said, why is the Cowboys doing that? And, like, Dale would mouth it. And it was just weird. It was, like, three minutes long. It was weird. I, I, and like, I, I'm, jo- I'm, I'm joking about that. The, the, I'm having fun with the Amazon Prime stuff. I'm not being bitter towards the Dale piece. That was really, really weird. It was just objectively weird. <laughs> and like, I mean, I'm just, I'm not used to seeing Dale Hansen on my screen without being morally lectured and seeing his little uh, right, here we go. cursive signature at the bottom. <laughs> Mike Leslie's um, going to come for you. Out of, out of Dale's guest house, he's going to come for you. Yeah. He's going to put on his sweater vest. 
and he's gonna come. He's gonna come for you. He's a, yeah. He's, I'm I'm gonna get. Uh, I'm gonna. He'll probably come for me in a a sports segment lecture. Uh, God knows, like the sports segment only gets two minutes. We should probably make ninety seconds of it lecturing the viewer. You didn't grow up on Dale. You didn't grow up loving Dale. No, 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 no. I grew up NBC Five. No, you did. I one hundred percent did. Just because they're our TV partner, you don't have to lie. Uh, I will tell you right now because I like clearly not googling. Uh, Scott Murray, John Radigan, Brian Jensen, Nui Scruggs. I absolutely watched NBC Five. Woo! Nui was the uh, the radio idol. Yeah, new newy. Uh, I listened to that was. I mean, I'd always kind of wanted to do radio because of my dad, but um, Newey is what made me like want to do sports talk radio. Listening to his show when I was younger. All right, uh, what else can we pick apart from last night's broadcast? You want Al Michaels outing? Our, this was twenty four hours ago, so we may as well do this with Al and then. That is so incredibly stupid on so many levels. <laughs> <laughs> and then. The referee thing that, that took place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and first off, what, what's your general opinion of the prime broadcast? Like the job that they do? And are you do you do you like it? You know, I am bored by Kirk Herbstreet. I think Kirk and, and I love Herbstreet and Fowler in college. Kirk's, Kirk doesn't seem comfortable. I think Kirk is like he's just he's a, he's afraid to be opinionated. That's why I like Aikman, whether right or wrong. Troy's not scared. You know, uh, Romo wants to compliment everyone. Uh, Aikman will go the hardest of all the major announcers. Herb Street, it's just too generic for me. I think the presentation is fantastic. It's outstanding. It's the old NBA. I, mean, I don't want to get too broadcast nerdy, but it's Fred Gadelli who did Football Night in America. Wow. Football Night in America. He's Al's like right-hand man. Um, so the presentation, uh, good. I wrote down in the pregame and commentary that Tony Gonzalez is a Big believer in a deep Cowboys run. Richard Sherman is not. He's like, they're just full of disappointment. And they got to show me before I change my mind. So, Gonzalez in. Richard Sherman out. And then Richard Sherman, like, even made a Dak-Derek Carr comparison at halftime. Where he's like, oh, Dak is turning it over to this degree. That just got Derek Carr benched. And let that just float and hang out there. He knows better. Sherman should know better. Should know better what? Like like what those turnovers are. Like we're sitting here talking about, like he should have a better understanding. Like he he does know better. And then someone tweeted me and said, is there anything worse than Richard Sherman rambling for five? I actually like that Sherman ain't scared. He'll, he's bold. So I like Richard Sherman uh, giving commentary. And I, I said, the only thing scarier is him knocking on your door. Sean. The only thing scarier is if Richard Sherman's on that DFW security. That's that's terrifying. Sean, back, grief. back to you. Good grief, Sean. Uh, no, he, like there is a little bit of uh, playing the heel for Sherman with yeah. the Cowboys. It feels like, which is interesting because Dan Quinn's he's his a, guy. He's a human heel. Yeah, Dan Quinn's his guy, and and he's he likes Trayvon Diggs, but like Richard Sherman's breakdown of Kyle Shanahan. That's like that's like football. It's that's, so that's, good. That's like football cocaine. That's football crack with his breakdown. He it, didn't do it on Amazon. Though. No, no, no. But he is so great. But overall, just kind of whatever on the presentation. But last night, we obviously talked to Andrew Whitworth yesterday, who I do think is a great part of that pregame show along with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, but Kurt, they were talking about the move that Tyron Smith has made to right tackle and how difficult that is. Something that we discussed with Andrew Whitworth. And I think Al Michaels accidentally uh, shared Andrew Whitworth's business in the portion of that discussion. You know, I was talking to Andrew Whitworth, part of our crew last night, who's been a great left tackle, retired. Of course, there are 
teams that are calling Andrew right now. The Bengals, <laughs> probably. And we were talking about, he said, if I could play left tackle, I would sort of think about it. Really? But, but, but we said that, oh, and I don't want to put him on the spot here, but he said, right tackle, I, I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't move the right yeah. tackle. I think, wow. I think Herbie knew he was oversharing. That's a, really, really, he said that. <laughs> like, I'm like, come on, Al. Like, uh, let, let, because I was sitting at that dinner too, and I'm letting you know this is oversharing. Yeah. He uh, definitely spilled too much. Yeah, we're saying like teams are calling him right now. The Bengals probably like the probably added to that was a little questionable. But in general, you saw how much he he kind of slowly danced around. Like obviously the Rams would have to let me go first before they could even talk to me. Yeah. And Al Michaels just like yeah, he told me like teams are calling him left and right, and it's <laughs> and he would absolutely return if not for that. Because of Florio Whitworth didn't want to get anyone in trouble for tampering, so he's been dancing lightly, and Al's like. Smash all the here eggs. I come yeah there he it just is. he did he was like the Kool Aid man just bursting through the door like here it is uh, but the other interesting part there was after the roughing the passer call uh, on Tennessee that helped pick up a first down for the Cowboys which by the way I agreed I, I, I hated this ref last night too I wanted to punch this guy in the face Terry McCauley uh, as he's the I rules think, analyst yeah he yeah. had all, he had all the rules going against the Cowboys uh, I can't remember the long pass plays he locked up his right arm and I was like. Maybe at the very, very end. I thought it was good coverage. Uh, Micah did a tremendous job burying Josh Dobbs, but not driving him into the ground, which would have been a penalty. And then when the Titans did that to Dak, that was a penalty. It was, and Kirk Herbstreet was trying to explain it as best he could. I and think then all three were refereed perfectly. Ter- Terry McCauley is supposed to talk maybe a minute total in each game, and uh, it was his shining moment, and he wasn't quite ready when Kirk Herbstreet went to him. Meanwhile, that's Monty Rice with roughing the passer here. When you finish these sacks, this is what they look for. Terry coaches is up on this. It's not that. It's how he drives him into the ground that they're trying to take away. Right, Terry? Absolutely, Kirk. <laughs> Absolutely, Kirk. <laughs> like, what was he? Was he eating? And that's it. Absolutely, Kirk. And then Herbstreit said, like, I think this is the first time we put you on in two weeks, so maybe he, was, he wasn't ready. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, he had weighed in earlier in the game, though, and he, like, was clearly trying to get him ready by going, this is what Terry coaches us on all the time. He explains and goes, right, Terry? Then a three-second layout, and then, uh, absolutely, Kirk. Like, like what the what was he doing? Was he doing like Mike Pereira, the the whole little like uh, blowing kisses off screen? I cannot believe that we got bumped for Dale Hansen's toaster. <laughs> I just can't. I can't get that out of my mind. I cannot believe it. I can't believe it. Dion, I get Dale, a has been, a has been that the country doesn't know for his toaster. <laughs> the brave little toaster oven, Dale all Hansen. For the, all for the four seconds. That's it. That's all we got last night. For our big TV debut. Big road game for Dallas. They need to win out if they want a chance to win the division. <laughs> Texas Tech denies what Lane Kiffin was saying. Apparently, Cliff Kingsbury was denied of J.J. Watt's retirement. And finally, someone stands up for Russell Wilson, plus the passing of the all-time legend, Pele. That's all coming up. Then back to the boys. 8 o'clock hour, Sean and Bobby continuing on the fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's Dinwiddie into Luka. Yeah, baby! The crowd wanted to see some Luka magic tonight that they didn't see on Tuesday, and they just got some. Bally with the call. Hit a triple-double in three quarters. 35, 12, and 13. As the Mavs won their fifth in a row, they beat the armpit, and Luka Doncic is still at the top of the national sports headlines, and they're going to keep doing it until he cools off just a little bit. Sean Shreve, Bobby Bell with you on a Cowboys Friday. The DFW trifecta took place. Cowboys win, Mavs win, and the Stars dominate Minnesota. Thank you for turning it on, leaving it on. DFW Sports Station. Um, Texas Tech with a strong rebuttal to Lane Kiffin's accusation that one of the Red Raiders spit on one of his players and also used a racial slur. Texas Tech responded to Dimitri Moore and said, this is really unfortunate, my last college game, that basically they're accusing me of this. It's false. It's not the case. And then my boy, Tolo, Joey McGuire, said, we're disappointed that an opposing head coach decided to insinuate serious allegations that are false and irresponsible. I've had discussions with Dimitri. He disputed the two claims that were brought forth against him. So that's Lane Kiffin. A little controversy versus my Red Raiders in a loss. Yeah, I... I understand, like, my issue is, like, Lane Kiffin throws that out there. They're like, well, what did he say? He's like, well, I, I'm not going to expand. I didn't hear it. Uh, and, and Got to bring, bring a stronger receipt than that. And I don't know for sure which one it was. Or It's like, okay, all right. Well, then, like, I mean, if you're going to throw that around, like, you you need to come prepared with it. Mm-hmm. Right? You need to be like Spencer Dinwiddie in the postgame press conference being like, he called me a BAMF and he did this and so if you're going to throw that out there, you got to be direct with it. Or, you know, like, I mean, how when Miles he, he Garrett. Even, he even said it's not even about the racial slur. He goes, there was a slur involved. That's not the point of what we're talking about. It's about the spitting part. Um, <laughs> That's that. Okay. So you don't think the racial slur is a problem. That that seems odd. It does seem very odd. But usually, this is lame. Usually that wins out over the spitting. This is Lane Kiffin, though, right? Like, this is uh, what he does. He stirs things up. And look, if it happened, it happened, and that's awful, and uh, people need to be held to account. But, 
you can't just throw it out there and then go, well, I don't even know what exactly it was. And and honestly, that's not even uh, that's not even the point of it. Okay, if that's not the point of it, why did you say it then? Right. And are you now downplaying what was said? Like 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 if there was a a, a slur that was used, are you saying like that's not even a big deal? All right, like you he spit on somebody. It's like okay, well. Which one is it? Why, why are you bringing it up then if it doesn't if it's not relevant to the context of what happened at all? We're going to pick the college football national championship with the help of Peyton Russell taking Peyton. over the degenerate at nine o'clock this morning. Jalen Hurts listed as limited at Eagles practice. Mister Mister Limited. Coach Jaundice was apparently <laughs> chanting, "I told you, I told you" to the media. This guy, this guy's a frat boy. And I was in a fraternity. This guy's a frat boy going around, according to Howard Eskin, chanting, I told you, I told you. Well, according to Peyton, Vegas still thinks that Minshew is going to play against the Saints. The Cowboys keeping the NFC East alive by winning last night. The Eagles have to win one game in their next two in order to lock this up. So Dak was asked, you going to be a big-time Saints fan on Sunday? Being from Louisiana, for sure. Uh, I think that's easy to root for the Saints. Um, mm. Yeah, but as I've, I've said over and over, we can't necessarily control that. Uh, I, can, I can't go throw passes for the Saints, and you know what I mean, and, and help them out. So um, at this point, uh, it, it'd be huge. Obviously, it'd be huge having a chance at a higher seed than the fifth seed. Um, but we've just got to continue to, to stay where our feet are, worry about getting healthy right now in these next couple of days, rejuvenating, getting fresh, finishing off the season the right way with Washington and the momentum that we need to carry us out into this postseason. Eagles are favored by six and a half. Uh, Raheem Mostert did not do his football team and organization any favors yesterday. Uh, Miami Dolphins players are asked about the Tua injury, and let's make sure we correct this. His third concussion of the season, not his second. The first one was a concussion against Buffalo. Buffalo, the frightening one against Cincinnati where his hand was curled up. And then what happened the other day that the Dolphins didn't even know about. Listen to what Raheem Mostert said, though, the running back. I was shocked. I totally didn't realize that Tua went through that. But it also kind of made sense towards the end of the game. (laughs) You know, I was asking myself in the huddle, like, what are we doing? What's going on? Not specifically him, but the whole aura of the offense in the huddle. That's just how ball goes, you would think. But then to come to find out he did have a concussion, that kind of sucks. So Raheem Mostert suggesting that things were a little disoriented in the Dolphins' huddle. So that doesn't make Miami look too good. What is their problem? Like, how are they not able to to run any of this stuff? Mike McDaniel said... We, yeah, we didn't realize he had a concussion until uh, we were watching tape on Monday, and we're like, there are some inconsistencies here. And I don't know what that means because I don't think he expanded on it. Does that mean his play? Like, wow, you're playing so poorly, you must have been concussed. Well, I was trying to – yesterday I was listening to uh, to Michael Lombardi's podcast, and he's like, it's, it's possible and easy to miss some concussions within a game. And um, I was like I – was, I, can, I can see that. Sure. Right? Like, unless you are woozy, unless your eyes, whatever concussion signs, unless that's there, then how much can we blame the Dolphins a ton? Because as soon as you saw his head slammed to the ground, given his history and all the scrutiny that's been on the Dolphins, shouldn't somebody have gone, hey, come here, let me check you real quick? Yeah. Regardless of how you're acting. Yep. And so 
I don't know. They've they've fumbled this so many times that people were fired over the last one. It's like, okay, well, were they the problem then? Like, like what's what's the issue here? I, I mean, it's just it's it's stunning that what was the quote the other day that when McDaniel was asked about when Tua might be available and he said like the doctors just want like Tua worrying get, about getting get, through the day. Get through the day. It's like holy cow! That was a what are you like? Scary quote. What are y'all doing there in Miami? Right. My word. And so the, the whole Tua thing's been terrifying. I know there's been different perspectives. Michael Irvin's had a different perspective than Aaron Rodgers and everybody's got their own take on it and I understand that and I know that you know the way concussions are, are treated is is wildly different obviously from the time Michael played to the time that that Aaron plays um but it's just this one has been the most scrutinized and it's it's wild that they've allowed this to to burn them three times now Bobby's issue with Kellen Moore coming up in 10 minutes 8:40 here on 105 through the fan Jerry Judy finally someone spoke up for Russ finally Jerry Judy, Broncos receiver, after Shannon Sharp said that Russ has his own office and his own parking spot and that players are not happy about it on the Broncos. Judy, I ain't going to keep looking at these false statements about my boy Russ, man. As a teammate who sees the elite work ethic this man has is incomparable. He's got an office because he's committed his life to this game. I never had a teammate who motivated me more than Russ. So that's Jerry Judy. Taken up yeah. for Mr. 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 Unlimited. Yeah, shots fired at Tua. Gosh, like he he didn't motivate you like Russell Wilson. <laughs> Jeez. Um, look, and it's it's nice somebody finally did, but like it took this much. Like doesn't it yeah. feel it doesn't feel a little bit like um, all right, guys, come on, knock it off. He's 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 weaker than you. Why are you picking on? Like it feels a little more like that rather than like hey, don't don't pick on him. But it, it took a lot. Do you think anybody had to tell Jerry Judy? Or do you think anybody had to say like, "Hey, somebody"? Or do you think he just did it on his own? I think he did it on his own. It's it's just guessing. It's a little odd. Like this is everything about we hear about. Someone tweeted me and said Judy's trying to get paid. I don't know how that would factor in, but I don't think it does. How about JJ Watt, like another Kingsbury breadcrumb that you've been laying out? Yeah, and so uh, I mean we've talked about this on the air recently that. The, the chatter out of Arizona has been pretty consistently that, you know, Cliff is is not always... Uh, Cliff hasn't totally been ready to be the the overseer of an entire NFL team. Like, be that CEO type. Um, I know we always joke around about when somebody's not a coordinator, like, well, what is it that they really do? But, like, there's a lot of game management stuff, uh, personality management, practice week stuff that absolutely matters. They're, they're still very busy for the most part, but... When J.J. Watt had announced his retirement the other day on uh, Instagram, I think it was where he first made the announcement, uh, Pro Football Talk had this the other day. The Cardinals found out that J.J. Watt was retiring at exactly the same time the rest of us did. Coach Cliff Kingsbury told reporters on Wednesday that the team, quote, had no idea Watt would be announcing his retirement when he did it. Watt's been there for two years now. Like, he's a captain. And, like, you know, the the joke always at Texas Tech was like, uh, like Bassick used to make the joke, like, Kingsbury doesn't even know any of the players on defense. Yeah. Like he couldn't tell you who they are or, or anything about them. If I'm Cliff, that's this is just me personally, I'm feeling a little offended and I'd be a little bit worried. You know, it'd be like uh, like Troy. You know, when before Troy left the show, he like sat me and RJ down, told us. You know, he wasn't just like, hey, I got a special announcement live on air, 100,000 watts, I'm right. leaving. 
you know, Troy actually someone who left this building telling the truth about his change in profession. Uh, he gave it to us straight up uh, that he wasn't going to be in radio. He actually told us the truth along with the audience. Uh, and that's, that's what this would be like if J.J. Watt sat there and didn't tell me, didn't give me a heads up. At all? He is, uh, it's very, because again, he's a captain. Like, he's supposed to be, like, one of the leaders. And I'm not saying, like, this is a a damning uh, thing towards J.J. Watt. More than anything, it may just be an indictment on how the the locker room views Cliff. Yeah. And and what the, and I mean, it's like, okay, well, who else would you tell besides Cliff? Would you tell the GM? Oh, the GM is on leave right now because of of all the issues that have gone on there. So, Arizona's just been a a toxic mess. That's why I won't kill... Kyler Murray as much as some other people are lately is just because it's like it's such a mess over there I want to see what he can do when it gets cleaned up and then Pele I mean soccer fans text me I'm asking Pele or Messi because before Messi it was always it's Pele right like I'm trying to think if there's one person that whose name was as synonymous or more synonymous with their sport Obviously, you say MJ. Yep. Michael Jordan, Tiger, and Pele. Like, is that the Mount Rushmore of owning your sport? Or would you throw out other basketball names like, you know, Wilt or Kareem or Russell? Like, golf is just Tiger. You can go Jack. MJ. But soccer, it, it like, before Messi, it was just, it's Pele. Yeah. That's I, I, it, right? No, I mean, Boxing, like Boxing, Ali. Babe Ruth, I mean, for the longest time in baseball. Yeah, Babe Ruth is a good one. You know who I think was on the road to being that guy? Obviously, before he got hurt, was, like, just Griffey. Like, Griffey in the 90s was making baseball, like, super cool for everybody. And, oh, he wears the backwards hat. And so, Griffey was on that trajectory before he got hurt and his, his career got derailed. But, but the flash of this guy, he was like Michael, or excuse me, Magic Johnson on and the soccer field. MJ, Tiger, Gretzky. Like, those Gretzky. are the names you're kicking around. Yeah. I think it could be Gretzky, Tiger, Pele. I'm I'm trying to talk myself Serena. into saying Pele, more ownership Serena. than even MJ, we could throw out other names. Like, Michael's the greatest athlete of all time. Uh, Michael Phelps. Michael Phelps. That swimming is sport. Is a sport. Uh, Pete Weber. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you think you are? I Jeff am Gordon, Jeanette Nascar. Lee. Uh, man, KNC had her on. I can't get that thirty for thirty off of my screen. It's on every day, every hour. Which one? The thirty for thirty. Uh, the pool. The pool shark. Oh, I think oh. it's Jeanette Lee, and they uh, they had her on a short time ago. Jerry will join KMC at ten thirty this morning to talk about the win in Tennessee. Bobby is still not happy. With Kellen Moore. He explains why. Next. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Snap back to Prescott, four-man rush, they pick that up. He throws it deep out to the left, it is picked off at the 30-yard line by Byard. Down the right sideline he comes. All right, Bobby, your one problem with the Dallas Cowboys offense continued to be an issue last night. It's a Cowboys Friday. Sean Treef and Bobby Belt, they win in Tennessee 27-13, but you were still frustrated. Yeah, look, we talked about this uh, a couple different times this week that in the last heading into this game uh the last two weeks nobody had run the ball more on first down than the cowboys and yet they were one of the more inefficient teams in the nfl at it on those first down runs um they were bottom third of the league in terms of yards per carry on first down runs the last two weeks so they haven't been doing it particularly well and yet they continue to hammer it over and over and over again And last night was another example of them doing just that. Uh, They ran the ball. It was 19 times on first down last night, Sean. Wow. They picked up 33 yards rushing on those 19 carries. That's gross. And it's incredibly frustrating because it's like, what are you you doing exactly here? What what is the end game? Are are you trying to put your, your offense in third and long situations? And just then say, okay, go bail us out, Dak. Because Maybe they're trying to, right? Beginning of the year, the formula was, let's protect the defense. They're an all-time great possible special elite unit, mm-hmm. which was, I said, overblown at the time. They did nothing special. Sometimes they did get to the quarterback when they were on. But let's protect this defense who isn't playing well right now. And they wanted to run the football. And maybe they don't want Dak turning it over as much. Okay, if you don't want Dak turning it over as much, though, do you want to put him in third and long situations for him to potentially (laughs) cause problems? So this has been a a frustrating thing. We we talked about in the Philly game, the three longest pass plays that the Cowboys had, the uh, 52-yarder to T.Y. Hilton, the 36 and 26 to CeeDee Lamb, those all came on third and seven or longer. Like and so they were in these bad positions where where Dak is is having to bail them out of it. And so I've been wondering about this and and we talked how much did we talk yesterday about the one thing you can't do against Tennessee is run the ball. Like yeah. period, they're not going to let you do it. They're they're one of the best run defenses in the NFL at this. So it's a little bit puzzling. We all thought I think that they'd come in there and try and throw the ball around a little bit, but Kirk Herbstreet was talking in the middle and of And they did throw it 41 times. They did. And partly because lot. they ended up having to. Um but they Kirk Herbstreet was talking in the middle of the first quarter, uh, I think on the first scoring drive they went on and was discussing the Cowboys' philosophy. Dallas, their identity is their run game. As much as Dak and CeeDee Lamb and these receivers get the attention, Kellen Moore telling us this week that, hey, listen, I, we, we know that they're good against the run. We got we to gotta hang with it. We got to find ways to be able to run the football with, with Zeke tonight and eventually maybe Malik Davis because it sets up our play-action game and where we can attack over the middle of this defense where they're really vulnerable. What? 
<laughs> to all of that? Mm-hmm. What? So they acknowledge that it's really difficult to run on Tennessee. And Kellen Moore tells Kirk Herbstreet, yeah, like this is probably going to be really tough, but we got to stick with it. Like got to just keep doing it. Jason gotta, Garrett. Got to keep, keep, you know, banging your head against a wall, which is exactly the Jason Garrett line. Jason Garrett said that, I believe, I can't remember which game that was earlier this year. I think it was the Philly game leading into that game where, where Jason Garrett had said on the pregame show, yep. look, you're not going to have a lot of success running the ball, but you got to keep doing it. Right. Why? <laughs> well, because, uh, you know, it, it sets up the play action game. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. Data has been shown over and over again. You, you can look these up. Football outsiders, uh, filling in for RJ Choppy admirably there. Football outsiders, um, you know, Bill Barnwell will write about that. Ben Baldwin, uh, The Ringer. You, you can Google around and, and find these articles. This one's just from the Weekly Spiral uh, from earlier last year. And it says, play action effectiveness isn't reliant on whether a team is good at running the ball or even if a team runs the ball at all. A limiting belief from coaches is that they have to establish the run to be able to have effective play action. Data does not support that. For years, play action success rate has been uncorrelated to rush attempts and rushing success rate. Running play action has shown to be just as effective when you've run the ball 30% of the time as it is when you run it 50% of the time. What's more, it doesn't matter if you're breaking off big chunks on those runs either. That's true in season-long data sets and within individual games as well. So whether it's a small sample size or a large sample size, whether you're running it 100 times or one time, yeah. whether you're picking up five yards of carry or one yard of carry, play action is is stable. It does what it does. And so for a team that that has been so committed and, and a regime that has been so committed to like, hey, we're, we're really leaning into the analytics now and we're doing you know this and that, it's a, an incredibly outdated perspective to say we have to run the ball ineffectively in order to effectively run play action. BS. So why, do you, th- th- why do you think they're doing it? I think it's just a, a I, I think they believe it. I don't think that they're lying. I think they believe that. And I think they're just, you know, more going, well, I I, I understand the the tone of the game. It goes deeper than numbers. I, I think it's that sort of mindset there. It's It's essentially caveman football, which is, you know, something that, Mike McCarthy said he wasn't doing any more. Something that Kellen Moore in interviews before said he likes analytics and and he wants to do things a certain way. Well, that's very 1993 football there for you. And then on the back end of that quote, that's the most ridiculous part of that quote that I heard was saying, attack the center of this defense, which is very vulnerable. So you're recognizing a vulnerability on this team and you don't think you can take advantage of vulnerability until you waste time spinning your wheels against their biggest strength. <laughs> what is that philosophy? What is it like? Like, I have no idea what they think they're accomplishing doing that. Since Dak, or, or for the, the entire season, Dallas leads the NFL in rushing attempts on first down by, by a pretty sizable margin. They rank 25th in yards per carry on first down. Wow. So it's they like are been, been proven it's not working. They 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 are in the the bottom quartile of the bottom quartile to uh, paraphrase Jim Irsay's <laughs> awful quote uh, of rushing efficiency, and yet they are at the very top in terms of how frequently they do it. And since Dak came back into the lineup in Week Seven, the Cowboys are what is this right here? They are they have run 50, 52 times. They've had to throw the ball on third and seven or greater when you look at other teams on this list 
other teams that are near the top of the NFL in terms of offense, Buffalo, Kansas City, Philadelphia, those are the other teams right around Dallas in the offense. Kansas City has the second fewest passing attempts on third and seven plus in that time. Philly has the third fewest. Buffalo is in the top 10. These teams don't put their quarterback in a position where they have to throw the ball on third and seven. Dallas, on the other hand, especially in the last month, has consistently committed to let's do it. Let, let's put you in in third and eight, third and nine. And Dak, I think, has that Giants game. That, that's what I remember most recent memory, him bailing them out with these throws. Of, your throw above expectation is a good and a bad thing. Mm hmm. Right, like yeah, it's it's a, it's a good thing that you're able to do it. It shows like fantastic ability, um, but man, when I when I hear you have a tremendously high throws above expectation, I'm thinking you're being put where you're you're making difficult throws. Yeah, you're putting yourself in so you're you're putting your quarterback in in some in some tough positions. Do which, you think it's more coming from Kellen or McCarthy? Because I I think Mike's old school. I, I think Mike's old school too, but I think Kellen is is orchestrating the offense. And I think Kellen's doing what he's doing. And, and I mean. And then yesterday, Dak starts off, right? It's different if your quarterback's not playing well. It's why I was fighting with everyone at halftime, all the Dak asses, the haters. And I'm like, Dak's playing well, guys. What are you watching? He started off 9 of 10 for 65 yards. After three quarters, they ran it 25 for 74. With a 30-yard run in there or whatever it was, 25-yard run. Whatever with, with, with Malik at 23. Right, Malik had a 23-yard run, three yards a carry. It's the old Jason Garrett definition of insanity, and they finished the game with a horrific 2.7 average, and that's with Malik at 23, ripping one off for that yardage amount. It's just weird. It's like, it's clear. Their secondary sucks. They commit crazy penalties. Throw it up to Gallup. Get it to TY on third. Let CD dominate. Stop bashing your head against the wall, but... It's the way well, and, the, and that's the, the the maddening thing about this is that it's not that they don't understand it. It's not that they see it differently and think, well, no, we're doing this effectively. Whatever. In that quote, he checks all the boxes. He understands it perfectly. This is going to be really difficult for us to run on first down. It's going to be incredibly inefficient. We're going to do it anyway over and over again. Even though, even though we recognize they are completely vulnerable to play action and throwing the ball deep down the center. The one thing you can say maybe they don't have an understanding of, or, or that the quote doesn't confirm if they have an understanding of, is this belief that you have to run the ball to, to set up play action. There, there's no evidence of that because... Got to establish physicality. You know what happened? Hat on a hat. If, if, you're not, if you're not running the football well, it doesn't matter. There's still rules within Dan Quinn's defense and every other defense in the NFL that says you can't just assume that's not going to be handed off. Like, like you have certain keys, you have certain responsibilities. So if you were going to sell the play action, somebody on that defense is going to have to keep an eye on it, regardless of if you're doing it well or not. Who else is on your star up, star down? I'm trying to think of like the number, the, the top three black sheep in town on this team. I think Kelvin is one. Kellen is two. And... Who would you say three? Would you say it was Dak three? Probably. Even even though even though who else could be three? Is it turning into Noah Brown? I hope not. Mm. Is it is it Nashawn Wright? He played it. Yeah, to become a, yeah. That? I mean, any of the corners who have been in that rotation, Kelvin Joseph, Anthony Brown would have been Anthony Nishan Brown Wright. if he didn't get hurt. Yeah. Um, Leighton Vanderesh was kicked pretty severely until he got hurt, and I think people see, oh, he's good. 
Who else is on your star up, star down list? And let's see if Peyton tries to keep RJ jobless and unemployed. Let's pick the national championship semifinals and your Cowboys star up, star down before Nick Eatman tells us how serious the Biotish injury is. And should we be asking about Dak's knee as well? Final hour, Friday edition, after this. But first... Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.